Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome to the Rangers Rebel Podcast, a bit of a impromptu show after yesterday. Um, we didn't put anything out, but we're here tonight. Delighted to say I'm joined by a stellar cast. We'll go through them one by one. Ken, how are you doing? All right? Ah, I'm all bad, Robert. I'm all bad. Or should I say, none of your, none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> Davey, you've, you've managed to move rooms again. How are we keeping all right? Doing well, mate. Hoping that the Wi-Fi holds up in here in Fife because we've not got super fibre yet, but certainly after the weekend's results, definitely in a good vein of form. And look at this, a handsome man joining the Scottish football show tonight. Uh, he's looking at the window. <laughs> How are we he's doing that, uh, I'm, I'm dis- I feel decidedly average to be here, Robert. Um, obviously, I'm above the Scottish football show. But um, I decided to come and, and, and help you. And grace it. No, listen, we're delighted to have you. I'm absolutely delighted to have you. I just think it's more aesthetically pleasing when you get four four windows and Ian knocked his back, so we got Martin in. Um, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, listen, we're going to start uh, with Rangers, obviously, for the first time in the Scottish Football Show, because we usually don't talk Rangers, but obviously, after yesterday, we're here. Listen, get your comments in as well. Um, look at Martin freaking out, because he's at the bottom of the screen. Stevie's saying there. No, 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 oh, I'm, 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 I'm loving life on the bottom. It's great. Excellent. Um, yeah, so listen, Ken, you were at Ibrox. So I want to just start by the lineup because you were quite vociferous in your criticism of the centre back pairing um, early doors yesterday. I just wanted to know if anything's changed there or we still feel um, as much sort of disdain for Balogun as suited as you did maybe five, ten minutes in that game. Listen, I don't think you know. Four centre backs are great to bonus with. Yeah, I thought yesterday they get the positional play was poor, the passing was poor. Obviously, they grew into the game more, as we've seen because they went down to 10 men and they defended well in the second half. But listen, we started really well, but defensively, we were poor. I mean, going one down, you thought, oh no, 
we're going to get worse here. But we actually fought back really well. And I thought at times we played good football. I mean, then Spentez gets sent off, which for me wasn't a red. I can see why he said it was looking back because everything in slow mo looks worse. But I don't think it's a red card. I think it's a yellow card. But depends who the ref does, not it? But no, I thought overall Rangers played actually well yesterday. We did a great a few chances. Should have scored more. Listen, they need a cut of chances as well. I thought a red card spoiled the game. From, uh, in my own opinion, I thought if he'd have stayed 11 against 11, I thought he'd have been a better game. David, Kerr makes a, a good point there in terms of the red card spoiled the game, but I just wanna, I'll, I'll do a Martin and play devil's advocate because Philip Clement said in his post-match that um, we, took, we took the game to him second half with the better chances. So was it a case of that we didn't sit in and, and we didn't let the red card spoil the game? Well, I, I was kind of worried um, about like Kerr in terms of how we started. Last few weeks, I, I kind of think we've got a really soft centre, and it doesn't matter who's been playing at centre half, whether it's been Davies and Suter, whether it's been Goldson and Balligan, or yesterday Suter and Balligan. We seem to have conceded a goal right through the middle. Years. Obviously, Cameron had that effort, you know, just before they scored. Butland made a fantastic save, and obviously, the warning sign was there. And literally 60 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. Now, come to the second half in Clement's tactics, I certainly thought he got it. He, he just kind of stifled Dundee. They looked to play wide and in behind, and he just kind of set out the stall. I think the introduction of Sterling was a smart move because he gave his energy. When Sufuentes went off the park, John Lindstrom is our only natural central midfielder at the moment, and he's playing every 90 minutes that's available. So bringing in um, Sterling gives that wee bit of energy to match them up and down the park. Obviously, he had that incident where he had the rash tackle, but he had two or three great runs and was involved in attacking play and obviously had the shot at the end. So I was certainly impressed with not just Clement's tactics, but how the teams responded because obviously... You know, we, we'll be the first to criticise the mentality when things go, you know, south for the team. But certainly the, the red card kind of galvanised us. And really, we weren't under that much pressure in the second half and we rode the game out at arm's length, I felt. Listen, David, Sterling's one I want to come on to later, but a great introduction there. Martin, the boy Davey's good, isn't he? He's all right, isn't he? Who? The boy Davey, he's all right, isn't he? Oh, I am sorry. I've never, I've never met him before. Ah, he's all right. Just, just Martin, just on Stuart, Stuart right, is, is always very sort of quick to say that we sort of get our knickers in a twist when it comes to, you know, um, small issues and we blow them up as Rangers supporters, i.e. the centre-backs and maybe nobody able to defend and then, you know, we're 1-0 down after five minutes, but then, we, you know, the game turns out to be quite comfortable in the end. Do you think that's something that we supporters need to be, be looking at or is it just a case of that, that will always be there, it's never going to go away? It's never. Why would that ever go away? The minute that goes away, the minute we become an Aberdeen or a Dundee United or something like that, you all, of course, you always, you always have to want more than what you've got. Otherwise, what you're in it for, what's the point? Um, on the red card, I can see why it was given. He has stamped. I don't think it's, it's not a malicious stamp or anything, but he's mistimed his tackle and he and he's stamped. So the fact that, that Sifuentes got a red card for for me, it's soft. But I can completely understand why it was given. I don't, Kevin Clancy didn't even give it. I had to go to VAR and then he had a, a second look. And when they go to the screen, listen, it doesn't matter what the decision should be. When they go to the screen, you know that the decision is going to get changed. Um, I think we just have to all now start to realise that this Rangers team that we have, one game we might play really well and we might score three or four goals. And another game, we're not going to play well and we're going to win 
one or two nil, or we're going to drop points. This isn't a fantastic Rangers team. It's not a, a Rangers team full of quality. So we're going to have to no accept because I'm just totally contradicting what I've just said. But we're going to have to expect that this team's going to be up and down, and it's going to give us good moments, and it's going to give us some really, really bad moments. It's just, well, it's just, the, way, just the way this team is. Well, Martin, I'll stay with you then, because I want to do want to go through the game as well. So, just staying on really bad moments, what did you think, obviously, to the defending for the first goal? Is, is Lundstrom out-muscled, or is he fouled? Out-muscled. Out-muscled, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's poor all round. But again, and I'll, I'll take it back to what I said, that is the quality of player that we have. Um, what I will say about the defence is, and what I was pleased with, was the fact that Clement said, we've got a lot of games coming up. He clearly... Uh, Clement, Gio, Beal, Gerard, all felt Connor Goldson was their best centre back. Like I say, Clement feels that as well. But at least Clement's got the balls to go. We've got a lot of games coming up. I'm going to rotate it and I'm going to leave him out, um, which is a massive thing for me because that goes to show that if Connor Goldson and Clement's mind drops his form, they'll take him out of the team. Um, I thought that was massive for me. But what can I say? We we just don't have the absolute quality that we feel that we. That, that, that we need and mistakes like that are, are going to I've resigned myself Robert now to the fact that you know we're going to see stupid mistakes and it's going to happen quite often Kev Martin said that we don't have the quality would you say that's just at the back or all over the pitch because I think middle to front we're looking okay we're creating chances we're putting the ball in the back of the net Seymour's looking really lively Dessers got his goal yesterday sorry I, I don't mean to laugh Dessers gets his goal yesterday I know it's a second bite of the cherry, but it's a decent finish with the left peg. He probably, as the manager said, lacks a bit of physical fitness towards the end of the game, hence why he was replaced. But is he is he, is he improving or, or are you just not having him at all? Can, can we sort of rely on him for the next, I don't know, six six months? Six months or six games, Robert? Uh, hey, listen, to me, Dessers isn't good enough if you want to go forward, but he's not the only player there. But he's our only probably fit strike because you can't even see roofs. A fit striker because Kamar Roof's missed more games than he's actually played for us. Uh, he just has to use what we've got. Listen, Martin was saying we're going to have good games and bad games. And we are because we all know some of these guys when it, the pressure games come, they fold. Because that's what that's what they're doing, that's what they used to do, and that's what they still, they'll still do. So we just have to take it game to game. Listen, Dessers scored a good goal yesterday. I thought he should have passed the ball across the camp mill, but he went himself. They get a rebound back and he put it away. But I thought in the second half, he always takes that extra touch. He always wants to go down alleys, you know, open space. And listen, I think his confidence is on the floor. But I think yesterday when he gets subbed, the difference was the fans weren't really booing or jeering. They were clapping them off because he did put in a shaft. He did try. You can see he put in effort and... Sometimes that's all we really want to see. Listen, we know he's not great, right? We know he's not going to be 20, 30, 20, 25 goals a season, man. But see if he puts in effort. The fans will appreciate that more. And we'll say, listen, he's not good enough for us. But if he's only a fit striker we've got, we have to go with him. I think for a big guy, he should be more physical. I don't think he's physical enough for the size of him. And I don't know if I see him last 90 minutes at times because I thought after about 55, 60 minutes, he looked gubbed. Dessers is not good enough to be a Rangers player going forward. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in, but no, yeah, do you know what? He, he he took his goal really well. He probably should have done better with the first attempt. To be brutally honest, with the ball at his feet, he looks he looks the best way I can describe it is 
it's, it's like Peter Crouch trying to control a football, and he's not really that tall, Dessers. He, he's so gangly with his legs, his passing's awful, his hold-up play's terrible. Um, he's not anywhere near. I don't think he's a good enough striker for Aberdeen, never mind for Rangers Football Club, if I'm being brutally, brutally honest. So, so Robert, your your question um, when I says that you know we don't have enough quality, you asked, is that just in defence or is that going forward? Well, well, I mean, let me ask you, if we go into January and we're saying one central defender, are you confident, even though they drop points today, which I'm sure we'll come on to, are you confident with that team that we've got that we can go on and win the league? Short answer, probably no, but the point I wanted to just twist on a little bit with Dessers is we're going to have, as Kerr said, he's going to play the big games now. He's probably going to start in Betis. He's probably going to start the cup final. He may have to start against Celtic at Parkhead. So so you need to put your eggs in the Dessers' basket, do we not? I'll let, I'll let Davey come in on that. I'll let Davey come in on that. <laughs> I'm fed up being the depressing one. Well, I, I think... The fact is, there's room for rotation there, there's scope to rotate slightly. I, I don't know whether he thinks because he's getting enough goals for Sima out left, he doesn't want to move him from there at the moment. There is an option, obviously, to play. I always think you get if you're going to use Matondo, you're better using him on the left-hand side because that's where you get the, sort of the best that you'll get out for him. Obviously, Roof, you know, he could play... 12 minutes, he could play 27 minutes, he could play 45 minutes, and then you'll know see him again for the next three months. So we, we do have to rely on Dessers to an extent, but whether I would have him as the number one uh, in these big games, I don't know. I would perhaps look to tweak the team. And to go to your original point there, Robert, in terms of quality, what I think we lack, especially in the middle of the park, is a central midfielder who can play forward. You know, we of all for the last three or four years have too many players that are too samey. We tend to go for these industrious types that are alleged box-to-box midfielders, but there's zero quality or creativity coming through the middle of the park, which is we rely on a talisman like Sima at the moment. You know, there's a distinct lack of, of goals coming from, you know, different areas of the park. And obviously, Tav's been that talisman for the last three or four years, whether folk, you know, like to admit that or no. I'm not his biggest fan, but his goals return, you, you can't disagree with. But, you know, middle to front is where we need to tweak. And hopefully, Clement gets back to bring in his own type. Because for me, the central midfield position needs gutted. Strong, strong opinion for Davey there, gutted. Um, care, you want, you want on, to you want it weekend, Robert? What do we need to? <laughs> you know, un, un, unreal. Um, and I thought we'd get an hour at this, I'm probably going to get two of the way it's gone. Um, just on just on physicality, then obviously Seema's pulled down in the box. I, I've heard sort of Chris Boyd going on about it, saying that these sort of fills need to stop being given either way. Um, where do you stand on it? Because for us, obviously, we're, we're screaming for it. Oh, the shot pull? The yes. penalty? Listen, I think nowadays, because of the way the rules are with football, is, they're, they're trying to make it more and more a non-contact sport, in my opinion. Listen, if you pull somebody shut the box, I think nine out of ten times, it's going to be picked up and it's going to be a penalty. Might be soft, but I think it's going to be a penalty. Don't get me wrong, five years ago, it wasn't it because everybody used to pull shots, defenders, attackers, pull each other's shots. But it has to be some consistency in it, because you've seen the night Balligan get your shot ripped, and nothing happened, but then you go in the box and it pulls, and it's a penalty. So it has to be consistency over the piece, over the game. Just kind of do it for this and do it for that. Just because VR, somebody operating VR spotted it. So it has to be a consistent over the piece. We're not just involving Rangers, involving every team. 
because then that's when the controversy comes in. Well, it didn't happen all week, but it happened this week. So I think they have to either spot more of them or just let it go. In my opinion, she just let it go. Because I think that's part and part of football. Physicality, pulling shots and stuff like that. I remember when I played, and I wasn't great, but I remember when I played, you see it nipped and stuff when you're standing in the box, he's waiting for corners coming just to put you off. But it's like, football players now, it's a different game, isn't it? It's different and... It's just they want to look better and they're good and you can't touch them and players go down easy and stuff. So I think maybe football's going, every shot pool has to go the same way and if it's in the box then it's a penalty. But Kerr, you're four feet off the ground, so <laughs> it didn't really make much of a difference back then. Five, feet, five feet seven, Martin. Away <laughs> you go, five feet seven. Next week, my heels on. Well, aye, the um, <laughs> But... See the thing with that, Robert, is it's really difficult, right? Because the shirt pull on Seema is blatant, right? He's tried to pull the shirt off his body and he's actually pulled him to the ground, right? But you can't then turn around and go, right, well, that shirt pull is a penalty, but just doing that isn't because they're both the same thing. They're both a shirt pull. So it's where do you draw the balance? Um, the problem is that shirt pulls have been allowed to go in football for far, far too long. And it's now got to the point where some are being picked up and some aren't because quite simply the referees don't know what is a penalty and what isn't it, unless it's absolutely blatant. So it's it's made really difficult for officials. It's difficult for managers and coaches because at the end of the day, like Keir says, you don't want to take the physicality out of football. But at the same time, you can't pull somebody's shirt off their body when they're going for a ball because it's obstruction. So so where, where, where do you have that fine line? Where's that marker of what's a penalty and what isn't it? Listen, I'm all for it because we keep getting penalties for it. Then long may it continue. I, I mean, the uh, similar one, Robert, is it's it's one of the most stonewall penalties that you will see. And what about what Martin? What about when the when the captain steps up? It's a it's a fine it's a fine penalty. It's right in that corner with the the nets that marries up into it. It's, it's wonderful. Listen, I'm now of the opinion I'm I've changed a lot in the last few days. Everybody, right? Um, if you don't score a penalty, then you shouldn't be playing football. End of story. So he scored the penalty, end of. No congratulations for me. Kerr's shaking his head in disgust. Come on, Kerr, have him. <laughs> no, it's a, really good, it's a really good penalty. Fair play to him. It's a very good penalty. What I would say is I would give him more credit if it, there was more pressure on the penalty, Robert. There was no credit. We were always going to beat Dundee. Dundee are honking. They've got a terrible manager who's very bitter. Um, and we managed, and we beat them comfortably. So there was no pressure in that penalty. So I'll judge Tav when it's a more pressure penalty on the thirtieth when he gets one. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. there's a high. Well, I uh, don't <laughs> even don't get me started on that. And Richard Gordon and Aberdeen fans greeting already. Don't get me started. Davy, um, obviously we won't mention the penalty because Martin's covered it with a plum there. But Tavernier then whips the, the corner in for for Seema, and it's, it's a wonderful header as well, which we've probably no seen for the big man up until now, haven't we? It's all been sort of Fine finishes with both feet, but the header's a, a belter. And credit to Tav, the, the cross makes a goal because he puts it in an area of the pitch where Seema's running right on it and he catches it right flush, right in the top corner. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's kind of Goldson-esque in terms of the power that he generates in it. And it's a fantastic finish. Um, I don't want to steal any of your cliches, but it was a bullet header, Robert, and uh, I, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed the goal. But I kind of think we were galvanised at that point you know, once we, we regained the lead and we were comfortable, you know, Dundee, you know, they had a couple of sort of 
chances through McCowan in that in the second half. They they obviously had the incident, you know, where they get a free kick and, and Sterling comes in for the back. But obviously, with it being a foul, and I know there'll be certain bones of contention of, of whether that was a, a free kick or a penalty. But first point of contact is where the foul takes place, so it, it was clearly a, a free kick on the edge of the box, and that was one of the very few decisions that Clancy got right throughout the game. Uh, so I just want to set the record straight there. But obviously, kind of what I feel in, in terms of Seema is it had that sort of wee lulled spell that we spoke about last week, Robert, where he, he kind of went three or four weeks um, and he, he, whilst he always works hard, he, he wasn't really contributing in terms of uh, in front of goal. But certainly last two weeks, he's back with a bang. And, you know, for a player who at the start of the season... I must admit, first four or five games, I wasn't really sure about. He's grown into the role and he, he seems to relish, you know, being a Rangers player. You know, the pressure, um, the bigger the game, the bigger the occasion. And I don't want to jinx him, obviously, with the, the big games that are coming up this week. But certainly, we, we've questioned mentality players in the last few years. And for me, Seema, there seems to be something about him. And, and hopefully, going forward, I don't, I'm not made to eat my words. <laughs> Okay, I'll come to you just on the on the Cantwell one because it should have been four, right? Um, Philip Clemon in his post match just saying there that goals are, are probably the hardest thing to do in football, and he felt that one should have stood. What did you make of that? Have you seen it back? The one the one on Dessers, what? Not much in it. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, I mean, the Campbell goal... I heard the whistle going before Campbell even put the ball in the net, so I knew it wasn't going to be allowed, but I let quite a lot of people cheer because they thought it was a goal. They took it away and they thought it was a goal. I didn't think it was a lot in the challenge, to be fair. But you pulled it back and it's obviously the goal wasn't allowed. It's, you just have to go on these things, Robert. You're going to get decisions like that in games where you things go against you. I mean, especially, listen, we can blame, we can talk about Clancy, but he's not only referee in Scotland, it's not great. There's not many that are great, to be honest with you. So we just have to keep going, do you know what I mean? And it's it's just he's getting I mean can't a lot of people say can't be on him a play well. I thought he'd done okay. He, we've seen him play better, but the keeper made a good save, Carson made a good save from just before that, and Carson made a cut a good save actually and I thought we played actually quite well. I know Martin said we're always gonna beat Dundee, but <laughs> can he say that? Because we, I was there's nobody getting sarcasm on this podcast anymore. No, Martin, because you're usually hosting. You're not usually sitting there talking nonsense. And you're like... You don't care. You That's how people call you master debate. Uh, <laughs> but that's, not, that's not why they call me that. No, but no, listen, it was... It wasn't a, there was no way in earth it's a foul. But no, in fairness, the Dundee, Dundee players stopped. So it's not as if it would have been as easy for Campbell to go past him and put the ball in the back of the net anyway. So you don't know what would have happened if the referee hadn't blown his whistle. Um, but it wasn't a foul. And Clancy's a terrible, terrible referee. Martin, just to sort of wrap up the first half, I know we've sort of touched on the red card, but before that, Kerr mentions the straight for Campbell that Carson saves. And then Tavney has a lovely little sort of chip, uh, hits the bar, 
Um, and unfortunately, we can't manage to get it in the, in the back of the net. But we finished the half strong. The red card maybe just changes the complexion slightly in the sense that Clement then has to make tactical changes. Which he done well, to be to be honest. But I, I, I thought we played well without playing great. I don't think, even though Dundee took an early lead, I don't think we were ever really in that much trouble. The players, for a change, didn't look like they were bottling it or anything like that. Everything looked calm. And, and yeah, really happy. Like I say, we weren't under any real stress. It wasn't a difficult game. We knew what Dundee were going to do. Them scoring a goal means that they probably just try and defend a bit more. But they were always going to play that way anyway. So, no, I wasn't worried. Davey, you've been quite vocal about Sterling early on, but and obviously the, the centre mid position. The red card does throw up now headache for the for the League Cup final, doesn't it? You know, what do we do Thursday night? Who do we play in there? We saw Sterling come on. We saw Leon King come on. We are shy on options. Well, I was texting you in the group chat, as you know, and I thought when I seen the substitutions on like live score before they happened, I says, is that a switch to a back three? So I was surprised when obviously Sterling came on and played uh, centre mid. Obviously, he's got the attributes, you know, that he could maybe get away with against a Dundee, but you don't know if he has the quality to do it in, uh, you know, games that matter or games at higher intensity. When you're playing Dundee at home and you've got a, a two-goal lead to hang on to, then it's an easier game to come into with all due respect. So, you've got to kind of play devil's advocate in that sense. Obviously, I would kind of hope that we come up with some sort of answer. Uh, you know, we always like to see homegrown players get a chance. I don't understand why, especially when we have a sort of influx of problems in, you know, central mid positions, why Bailey Rice hasn't been listed, at least amongst the substitutes, because a game like yesterday would have been ideal for him. He set, you know, the tempo for a claim, uh, the position. I know somebody's just mentioned uh, Dill in the comments. He seems to be the forgotten man as well uh, in terms of whether he'll get his shot again. But for me, I certainly would like to see Rice. McCausland's grabbed his chance, and I know you don't want to uh, throw all the young guys in at once, but certainly all the talk is about Bailey Rice, and uh, as a fan, I'm eager to see more. Yeah, that's a, a point well made because I think, I don't know if it was Will or Brian had said in the chat that he'd been at Huddersfield playing in a a, a, a B game or whatever you want to call it. And, and then, um, you know, Kieran Dow as well. I, I was at the opening day, day of the season. I thought Kieran Dow, sorry, the, the Livy game, first game at Ibrox, and I thought Kieran Dow played really well when he came on that day. And I just kind of think, I thought there was a bit of, bit of promise there about when he's just sort of went missing. I don't know whether that's through choice or, or through injury. I, I don't know what's happened with the boy. I think it's probably a bit of both, but I think by all accounts he's asked if he can maybe leave in January. I don't know if that's true, but that's the uh, rumours going about. So listen, if he's away in January, good luck him. If he stays in, he's going to have to try his best and train it to show a manager he's ready to go back into the first team squad and show us what he's got. Obviously, he must have something about him because he's been about football a while. I think his injury problems is an issue for, we all know how many times come on to mention injury issues we've been having. He doesn't seem to like it. He doesn't seem to know the reason why when the players injured constantly. And I think we're going to have to stop buying players who are basically injury prone and thinking as soon as they come to us, they stay injury free. These things don't happen. So I don't know why Bailey Rice hasn't encoded because you look at the team they've got and think, like if David Sidella, if Lundgren gets injured, then who goes in the centre of the mid? Do you know what I mean? But I don't know why Big Falls no use. And I just think basically he thinks he's got enough fate to work about. I think he can either bring in. Lammers or drop Camp deeper, maybe push Shooter up 
well, listen, big fellas, you called him there, sneakily stuck in here, but he seems to like John Lundstrom. Lundstrom seems to be his go-to man at the minute. Martin, he's put himself back in mute, so I'm going to come to you on this. What do we do ahead of Thursday and ahead of Sunday in terms of that position? Do we do we sacrifice Thursday for Sunday, or do you see Thursday as an opportunity to try something ahead of the weekend? Because there's no mistake about it, surely Sunday is the bigger game for us. See, I don't know, because I like Europe, and I really, I really want to be in... I, I don't know, is the, the Europa League, is it next season it all changes the Champions League in the Europa League? Where it becomes more groups um, and I think there's more money involved. So maybe this season we could we could maybe fo- focus on Sunday, but I, I want to be in the next round of the, the Europa League. I want to top the group so we don't need to go through that playoff thing. Um, but the, the Dill thing's interesting because I don't know if you all remember Mark was saying that he's obviously, he works down in Norwich and he's got a few mates down there and he said that Norwich fans themselves said that Dill was actually an upgrade on Cantwell um, when he's fully fit and, and when he's at it. So I would like to think that, I would not like to think, but I would think that if we don't see Dill in the next two or three games at all, with the limited options that we have, Robert, in the middle of the park, I don't think we'll see him back in the Rangers shirt again. And it really, really confuses me because I don't buy the I don't buy the excuse that it's because he's so injury-prone, because Ryan Jack's injury-prone, Roof's injury-prone, Lawrence is injury-prone, Matondo's injury-prone, and as soon as they come back for injury, they're back in the squad, they're back in the first team. So he's either had a fallout with the manager, he's either asked to leave the club because he doesn't want to be here anymore, or there's something that we're all completely missing, because he is, on his day, a very, very good footballer um, who can certainly help in the centre of the park, and I think right now we desperately need that. Kerry, you've come off mute like you were going to jump back in there. No? I think that, that there might have been a conversation because there was a couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, talk about Redvan, talk about Sterling, talk about Dowell as well. Sterling seems to have got himself back in. I'm still not convinced he looks 100% interested at times, just be his body language and his facial expressions, but that might just be the boy himself. Um, David, the second half, they just did have the better chances. Obviously, Seema Balogun is one off the line, and you mentioned Sterling hits the post. Um, as is, you know, just to touch on Dundee slightly, they did have some threat in the likes of McGowan and, and Lyle Cameron, who I, I think is actually coming onto a game the last few weeks. But I know this is a Rangers podcast, so we'll keep that very, very brief. Um, in terms of in terms of Thursday as well, like, do you see the manager switching it up? Obviously, McCausen came on. We've got Matondo's there as an option. You're seeing maybe change things in, in the forward line. I, I'm, I'm with you, and this is. I don't think Sima is going to be the main man, so it does look like it's going to have to. He's going to have to stay on the left hand side. Yeah, I mean, well, in terms of Thursday, there's many conundrums going on. I don't know how he'll play. I, I think he might tweak the the, the shape because I, I think he might play to start the first half, not to lose it. And then be in the game, and then see where you're come the second half. Uh, Clement's never really been like that, but you know, in the game so far. But I just think 
if the Europa League is where we want to be, and I agree with Martin, we are Rangers at the end of the day. We should look to be in the most premier competition that we could be in. We never made it in the Champions League, so we need to go as far in the Europa League. I don't buy into this, you know, take the Conference League and we'll go as far. You know, you, you could win as much out of vending machine as you can for winning the, the Conference League. It's just a nonsense competition in my in my view. Um, I, I want Rangers to, to win competitions that matter and for me that's that, that's one that I don't want us to be in yeah we might get the odd glamour tie and stuff like that but the, the Europa League is where it has to be at for me the now I would much rather we were in the Champions League but this sort of you know as I've seen on social media or in comments oh it's all right if we get I don't buy into that at all David, also, David you, hold on a minute would you ask West Ham fans if they thought it was a nothing competition last year no, I understand that, but you know, th- this is Glasgow at the end of the day, and uh, they've won the you know the, the Premier European competition, as they'll always put it, and they'll always hang that over our heads. So even if we win this competition, we'd always be shouted down. I only care on winning the league every year uh, and winning as many you know domestic trophies that matters. And for me, the Europa League is the second most prestigious competition in Europe, and. I don't buy into the Conference League at all. It's just a nonsense competition. And, you know, fair play to the West Ham fans if they enjoyed it. But what's the prize for winning the Conference League? It's going into the Europa League next year. And see, next year, I want us to be in the Champions League. You ask every other single team, every pundit down south about the Conference League, and not one of them would have batted an eyelid if West Ham hadn't went and won it. The English teams barely even look at the Euro... The English teams look at the Europa League with disdain and talk about it as if it's a Mickey Mouse tournament. So you're not telling me, if West Ham had got knocked out in the second round or whatever at that conference league, it would have been, ah, it was a distraction, a super road. The fact they went on and won it, fair play to them, but they don't care about that trophy. Don't, but Martin, it, is, you think that's a problem with, with British mentality? No, it's a made-up made competition. But everyone, every, every, every other country outside of, of Britain, they take the European League seriously. No, we take the Europa League seriously, uh, along with all the Spanish clubs and the Dutch yeah. clubs and the Belgian clubs. It's the English leagues that don't. So don't sit there and kid on that West Ham care about a Conference League. They cared about it one night because they went on and won it. Whoop they do. This is a league that celeb. This is a league that celebrate finishing fourth because it's going to make you loads and loads of money. This is a league that sold out its own supporters and its own people. The the Russian billionaires and Saudi countries and. And all that, all they care about is money. They don't care about their supporters. The clubs don't care about anybody. So don't bring West Ham into it as if that no, somehow validates the Conference League. Well, no, That's the, absolute the, nonsense. The listen, we're, we're in danger of going down a different road, and this is a Scottish road. But the point I was making, Martin, was that it, it mattered to a supporters group on the night. And and care on a different side will tell me that when Roma lifted it as well, I'm sure they celebrated it with. And the streets and, and all that carry on. So it's, it's a big deal. It's a European well, competition. The Conference League, Martin and Dave, you're only watching, and Martin's definitely not going over there. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you're interested. No, if, we get, a, if we get to the Conference League final, I'll celebrate it as a European win and then forget about it the next day. The exact same as West Ham. No, it's not talking about the Cup Winners' Cup, and that's not competition anymore. Um, no, but it was a big competition at the time. Any European trophy the Rangers would be sensational because the football nowadays has moved on that much due to money. We're never going to challenge the Champions League. Never. Right. 
All right, so we, we completely rotate the squad on Thursday, right? And we bring in players that we don't deem good enough for the players that are already out. Right, and we get pumped four or five nil, baby. Can I completely rotate it? We've only got a squad that is chosen to play in Europe, so you can't completely rotate right, it. So, so you, you take out you take out the players that you would deem would be in that first eleven because you want to save them for the cup final on Sunday. So then you're bringing in players that we don't deem good enough for that first first eleven, and we get and we get beat, and we get pumped. Um, you're going to sit here after it and go, okay, sorry, because we were more focused on Sunday. We don't really care about the Thursday nonsense. Nonsense. We'll, we'll go there. I don't think we're going to go there and attack. I, I, I'm a mate for a back team. First day, but it'll be strong your side. But you'll have an eye on Sunday as well because it's a domestic cup. And I'd rather win the League Cup and win the league and be in any European competition at this moment in time because we're too far behind domestically to talk about fucking Europa League or Champions League because we just get pumped in that. I five points, league, we're five points know. behind a game in hand. Come on. That doesn't mean we're going to win it, Martin. No, and, re- and rotating the squad. Rotate, rotating the squad on Thursday doesn't mean we're going to win on Sunday. Davey, um, I'll come to you just moving slightly away from the Conference League because um, Kerr makes a good point. Kerr makes a good point about um, the manager picking his strongest side. And now we know he takes the next game as seriously um, as the last. It's the most important thing in his mind. And I did listen to him, obviously, uh, post-match as well, just sort of saying that, you know, Goldson, if it, he'll be back in, so it tells you that that's his intention. Um, just a, a, away from that, in terms of what happened in the game and t- the red card, just to sort of wrap this up and then we can move on to the, the next the next one. Um, he said he, he had to apologise to the referees for a, a three or four minute rant after the red card. Is that something that we're going to see moving forward? Because it does seems quite alien in Scottish football for managers to go out after press conferences and admitting they got it wrong with referees. See, to be honest with you, I don't mind that for the manager. He's entitled to it. You, you see it down south every week. All, all the big top managers down there lose it every now and again. And, and you've got to have that. The one that always springs to mind for me, for, for Rangers, is Walter Smith when he lost it with Mick Sue part of line. And I think that's fresh in everybody's mind. I think it galvanises the fans and the team. So, so you like to see that passion. Uh, it, it definitely beats having a sort of... Uh, Cockney shyster sitting there at the side of the park, folding his arms, you know, twiddling his thumbs. So for me, I'm all for that, Robert. Okay, then. Well, listen, just just sort of final, final words on it. I'll come to you all individually. Who starts in the midfield on Thursday night, Kerr? I think I'll play Campbell next day. With what, Lammers ahead? Lammers could be, could be McCausen, the ring in the tondo wide and put McCausen in the centre. But I think Lamb will uh, can't be able to start next day, Lindsay. Martin? Oh, that clearly doesn't matter, does it? Nobody cares. So why would you bother asking? No, no, care, no care, Martin. I tend to, I, I kind of agree with Kerr. I think he'll drop um, Cantwell back into the, the two. Although I, I don't really know how well Cantwell does in that, in that position, but I think he'll drop Cantwell in. Um, beside Lundstrom, and I think I think he'll start McCausland on the right. I think he'll go Seymour on the left. He desers up top, um, and it's just who he chooses to play in the ten, which will probably be Sam Lammers. Oh, yeah, the hearted you saying that, didn't it? I saw you, it, your wee heart break just coming out there. Really again, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat. Doesn't matter because we don't care. Davy. Um... You're I'm going to be controversial. I think he'll switch to a back three. He start on Thursday. 
I, I think he'll go a back three, and I think Ben Davis will come in for the cold. I think he'll go Suter, Golds, and Davis, uh, the two wing backs, um, and then um, Sifuentes and Lundstrom Thursday. Can't well behind, uh, can't well in front, and I think he'll go Seymour and Dessers up top. I think why did I think? Thing. Why did I think Sifu was suspended for Thursday? Of course, he'll play Sifu in there. What am I talking about? What would mean you were talking about a cup final, man? That's what it was. I. That's what it was. Lundstrom and Sifuentes in the middle. We can't well in front. McCausland uh, on the right, Seymour on the left, and Dessers through the middle. So basically, what you're saying oh. is he won't he won't use it as a dress rehearsal a dress rehearsal for the cup final. It'll go with strongest team. I don't, I don't think he should. I think he should go as strong as he can, even though Kerr says that he shouldn't because the Europa League doesn't matter. Rewind this. I said he'll play strongest team. <laughs> yeah, big. But by the way, is there any chance that he tries Sam Lammers up top against Betis instead of Dessers? I don't see it. Personally, I don't see it. I don't. Again, just to come back on Davy, I don't see him going to a three because we've not really seen that from him, have we? You know, it's, it was always threatened under Michael Gould. I think we've seen it for ten minutes. Yeah, you're away, didn't we? We seen it one European game away when we came in. I so, back. so I, I just it's, you, might, you might be right, but I, I don't see it personally. I think we'll stick to what we know. And yeah, as, as, you, as Martin and, and Kerr have said now, they've, they've, they've got their head back in the game. It'll be Sifuentes in alongside John Lundstrom. Listen. <laughs> Listen, you've sort of you sort of briefly dipped into it about Martin said sort of being five points behind here. Um, you know, Celtic have, have dropped points today for the first time this season in terms of losing a game against Kilmarnock. Uh, Do you want to just explain, Robert, that that's us moved on to the Scottish football show? Aye, we'll now dip into the rest of the league. So if you, if you, you don't be shouting in here about talking about Celtic for the next twenty minutes, that's usually what happens. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's been a, a great day for us, and we've got to really now capitalise, have we got the mentality to, we had a chance a couple of weeks ago, we didn't take it, um, obviously got to start winning games in hand um, I'm sure we're going to have another one obviously because the cup final at the weekend but it's it's a massive, massive step forward for us So a massive step, well, but if you take that step and as we know with some of these players every time their pressure's on them they don't, they buckle do you know what I mean, this is the same guys who buckled under Bill, who buckled under Gio and Clemence got to try to tell them not to buckle so it's listen, we can only but uh, big fall, as I say, uh, come on. He's uh, he'll keep saying a game at a time, and that's all we can do. It's great having games in hand, we still got to win the games, so we just have to take it a game at a time. And, and if they do slip up, we have to capitalize. We'd rather do it against Aberdeen because we didn't play well enough, they lost today. But it's only one since it, you have to maybe you have to go there. The, the biggest test is going to when we go there, we have to go there with mentality. We're not going to lose because we went there before and shot a bed many a time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, it's all bubbling nicely towards the, the 30th. And Davey, you obviously watched the game today and you were quite vocal throughout. So I'll come to you. Um, 
Will Dennis had a, a really decent afternoon, didn't he? Especially first half. Um, you know, he, I know he couldn't do much for for the goal. He stops, he stops the shot from McGregor and O'Reilly sort of picks up the scraps. But he, he was he was uh, quick on the O'Reilly early doors. Um, there was one where, where Palmer hit the post, but I think he had it covered as well. So, um, Will Dennis really good first half. He did. Although, see, to be fair to Dennis, see, I mean, he had two for O'Reilly, one for McGregor. Um, and he had uh, two feet all, uh, although one was kind of you know a, a backwards header that you'd expect him to, to claim all day. I think he'll be disappointed at the goal because see if you're going to make the save, then you need to palm it out of danger, and he palms it into the path. Uh, O'Reilly, who's on coming here, so whilst Dennis did have a good game and he's been playing well in recent weeks, although he had the OG last week that apart, he, he really has been a decent goalkeeper for Kilmarnock. I think he'll be really disappointed with that. But what I was you know, excited about, and I think we all were in the group chat, was the, the response for Kilmarnock at the start of the second half. And unlike a Derek McInnes team, uh, really, against Celtic in recent years, they went at them. And they had joy through that, through the width of the park. Kennedy on one side and Armstrong on the other, who was absolutely terrific. Now, if we take this guy in isolation, this is the guy who's got the highest chance creation in the league in terms of conversion rates to goals. And if you look at him, he's the exact type of player that we should be looking at. He's homegrown. He's doing it against Celtic. And to be honest with you, he's no scared to commit a player. You know, he runs directly at them. And I look at a guy like Scott Wright, you know, who, who we signed for Aberdeen. And Scott Wright, whilst they might try and endeavour to try his best, Scott Wright has had very little goal mouth action as a Rangers player in terms of chance creation or scoring himself. I look at this guy and as a fan, he would excite me. He'd get bums off seats. Do you know what I mean? And I just think... For the money that he might cost and what he could add in terms of the homegrown position and the fact that that's a problem position for us, somebody who can play a natural right-sided winger, it's been a problem position for us that we've not really filled since Daniel Kandias. And even when he was there, you know, the jury was out on him. So certainly, I don't know if the comments and the, the, the chat agree but and, and whether you guys do as well, but Armstrong, for me, is a really exciting player. Listen, Craig the Brewster gifting one Rabble podcast membership. Cheers, Craig. Thanks very much. Listen, there are people, Davey, in, in the in the comments shouting for Armstrong, saying that we probably should have got him last season as well. But I didn't want to touch on a point that was brought up by Finn Fogel, a name that I love saying. I know you like them beat bot bookmark, but I love saying Finn Fogel. I don't know why it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, Alistair Johnson, did, did you, you? Sorry, Ken. I know you didn't see the game today. You were busy, Martin. Did you see the match? I've seen parts of the second half, but I did see the incident you're about to allude to, yes. Yeah, so Alistair Johnson blocks the the the, ch- the sh- chance with a, with a sort of a really weird forward roll manoeuvre, but um, penalty shout. I think it is, but at the same time, I only seen, was it one or two different angles back? And I don't know if it's just because we pay for the worst VAR in the history of VAR, or it's just that our cameras are terrible, but it wasn't a very clear replay that they gave you, it was awfully kind of fuzzy, so I, I, I couldn't see exactly where it hit him on the arm, it looked as though it was quite high up, but I don't know you know how to say if it's like T-shirt it, yeah. I couldn't see wh- exactly where it hit him but it was an awfully, it was almost like a Superman dive to try and save save the shot, so all I can say is, see if that was the other way about, they'd be screaming for a penalty, if that was against us we'd be screaming for a penalty 
And if it was against us from another team, they would be screaming for the penalty. So I think Kilmarnock can probably find themselves slightly hard done by that they didn't get it. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say it was a stonewall penalty because the replays were terrible. Well, Blue Horizon is. He's jumped straight in, 100% penalty. I mean, um, it was against it was, it was, it was Celtic, so 100%. It should have been a penalty. Um, you know, but I, again, if I'm being brutally honest with you, um, I mean, I, I think we can take. So I don't like to jump too far ahead, but we can take so much heart because I watched. I watched the majority of that of that second half, and Kilmarnock absolutely dominated. Absolutely dominated. It was actually. I was. I was sitting watching, going, "See, that was against us." I'd be sitting, going, "What the hell is going on?" Celtic couldn't lay a glove on them. Kilmarnock were excellent in that second half, um, but the, the penalty shout. I think it depends on what team you support if you're screaming for that as a penalty or not. Okay, I'll come to you, Ken, I'll come to you on a more sort of wider point around Armstrong because he was magnificent throughout, to be fair. Uh, and as Martin says, they got a lot of joy um, playing it quick and playing it out mm-hmm. wide as well. Um, is, is Danny Armstrong someone that should be on the radar for the January window because he could be a sort of a, a cut price buy? Yeah, it depends who the manager wants. I also think it depends on if he thinks Ross McCausland's at his position. Do I bring someone in and, and Ross has to take a step back? Because Ross has come in and done really well, get his new deal. And I know he's, he's only 20, but he deserves to be playing because he's never let us down in the time he's been in the team. So it depending on that, I'd rather bring someone in to the left side myself, but I know Seymour's been doing really well there. But I think if he was a good deal, I know he's not going to win a great way. So I think if we can get him for a good price, it'd be worth, it would be worth bringing him. But the last time I bring, we brought someone in for Cole Marmark, it never worked well, did it, Jordan Jones? But Listen, I just think it's up to manage. I think you're probably going to have to think of the players first. And I think Matondo's one of the ones I would try and get because I don't think he's good enough, Matondo. So, listen, if Armstrong can get, a, get him on a good price, why not? Because he's worth a gamble. See, see, see we're looking, sorry, Robert, see we're looking uh-huh. for a player from Kilmarnock. It's got to be David Watson in the middle of the park, the young boy. He's outstanding. He's he's one of the he's one of the best young, if not the best young player in the league. He's he's, he's one of them anyway. He's outstanding. Although to your point about Armstrong, I've looked at that boy before and thought that boy's a player. He's a he's a really really good player, and I would have no issue if he wouldn't be too expensive of of bringing Armstrong in, and then you've got McCoys on Dan Armstrong for the right. But Armstrong can play right across. I mean, doesn't he, he doesn't necessarily just need to play out on the right? I think he would be a I think he'd be a great squad player if he's not too expensive. I think it's something that we could look at. And again, it helps the quota. David, just on Armstrong then in his second half um, sort of influence, he's involved in the, in the first goal, um, gets out to the lines. He puts a, a, one of the, those hospital balls right across the, the, the six-yard box and Nat Phillips, you know, he's in, he's in danger of any touch on it. It's going in the back of the net and that's what happens. But see, this is where I think you can get joy against Celtic down the sides and being direct at them because their goalkeeper doesn't cover himself in glory at any point. He is a camera save shot stopper and that's all he is. He he doesn't command his area and playing out for the back, he's absolutely woeful. That first goal, there's just a lack of communication between Phillips and Hart. And then the second goal, which is an absolutely terrific run, ball over the top, ends up with Armstrong. Um, He gets himself running at them, squares up, and then he plays a terrific way to pass into the stride of Kennedy. Now, that, that way to pass, 
on that surface as well, it was just delightful. And obviously, I, I'm looking at it thinking Joe Hart's going to save it because he's coming out. But if you if you watch the replay, he's actually too slow in reacting to it. So he should be coming out and spreading himself and making himself big. I would be wanting my goalkeeper to save that because Kennedy... That's how I'd aye, that's how I'd want him to do it, mate. Aye. <laughs> like the swimming bass back in the days. But <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you know, if if I if I was a fan of the opposing side today, I would definitely be looking at my goalkeeper. Just I mean to... I mean, sorry, right, but Joe Hart, right? We have we can't really laugh that much because we have quite a few players on a lot of money who aren't good enough for our football club, right? And we're looking at ways to get them out. But Joe Hart, I think, is up there maybe as the most expensive player in Scotland in terms of wages. I think he's on one of the highest wages in the country. And he is useless. There was a reason Pep got rid of him. And this isn't just blue-tinted specs. It's partly blue-tinted specs, right? But I'm never going to apologise um, for that. But the guy, the guy is going to drop them quite a few more points this season. Because Davey says he's a camera shot stopper and he can pull off some incredible saves, but he will also give you at least one, if not two, three, four, five chances a game if you're in their box enough. The guy is nowhere near good enough um, to be at Celtic. He's, he's well past his best. I don't think um, Butland is fantastic with the ball at his feet. He's decent, but he's not fantastic. Joe Hart is horrendous. Boss and Brendan Rogers went on record, I think, after the St Johnston game, saying he, he wasn't looking for a new goalkeeper just yet. There were rumours that, that, well, there's rumours that he'll get the season and then maybe off to the MLS or, or somewhere just have a couple of years. Who knows? But just to, just to wrap up, uh, Kerr, on on this one, um, Derek McInnes saying that um, first half they just never got it right, but the second half he sort of told his players to press and they were magnificent. I know he didn't see the game, but as Martin says. Should should Big Phil, as you call him now, um, be, be looking at that and seeing that as a blueprint for for what's going to come in a couple of weeks? I don't know. I think it'll, it'll be different. You know, like, I mean, we said that last season. So when we beat Celtic, we should look like a, a blueprint was at London. I mean, it's all right. These teams won. I mean, Commanders beat us. They beat Celtic before this season. They beat them again. But you know yourself, uh, Rangers Celtic game is totally different to any other game. And I think it's more down to yeah mental state summit and actually the football getting played so I think he has to go into that game and just to see the look at our players in the eye and say you ready for this because I've seen Barisic getting shouted at McGregor that he's a shite bag and not doing anything about it so I think he has to look at our players more not to do with Kilmarnock and anybody else I think Celtic's yet have been they got up because I think they're as great as they think they are but also I think maybe a lot of fruities as well so I think I'll be interesting to see what happens but I think we have to just beat the Teams coming up against us in the league before we talk about that mob. I think that's spot on, by the way, because Robert, how many times have we sat here after they've dropped points and then we failed to capitalise on it? The fact that we won yesterday and then they dropped points, because had they dropped points yesterday and then we faced under the day, we could have been talking about a completely different set of circumstances. So um, they can keep dropping as many points as they want, and I hope that they drop more. Um, but this defeat for them today could mean nothing if we don't then capitalise on it, which is what we have always failed to do. So we can sit here and we can be happy that they've dropped points and it's down to five and we've got a game in hand. But unless we win that game in hand, unless we are competitive against them on the 30th, then this result today means nothing. So it's up to us to to try and, and enforce our position. And Philippe Clement still to, 
to 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 lose as the Rangers manager. So um, we'll we'll go along with that. Continue. Just moving then on up to Petodri. Um, was a, this one was a was a big one, Davy, in the sense that there was a job on the line. Per, um, uh, personally with uh, Barry Robson. So um, Hearts actually started brighter in this one. They had some some good set plays early doors. And then we see Shanklin head at the back post. Um, and he, he gave it to the Aberdeen fans after, which was quite nice. Well, it's a great corner for Cochrane as well. But here, if I was the Aberdeen manager, I'd be looking at my defence. Every single one of them's ball watching. And Shanklin's able to drift around the back of Shinny. And Shinny's sitting there, you know, trying to pull his jersey. But by the time Shinny reacts, the ball's in the back of the net. It's a great header um, for Shanklin. And obviously, you know, the way it's kind of going for Shanklin at the moment, I think that there's a lot of pressure on him because he's the name that the media have certainly been linking to us. Nobody else, as you say, there was a lot of pressure for the mainstream media on Clement during the week, trying to make something like that sort of cuddle during the week. So he's going to be a target for opposition fans and from his own fans when things don't go well just because of that, because everybody looks to to hate Rangers first before they assess their own situations with their own clubs, certainly the way I view it. And then if you, if you look at it in the second half, the fault was Hearts were just too passive. They, they, they didn't respond at all. Aberdeen just came at them and they just sat there and took it. And, the, you know, the goals that they lost in the second half, the Miofsky one, the, you know, and the build-up just before that, there was a passage of play where the ball was in there for like three or four headers and it fell to Miofsky and had a shot and it was a comfortable save for Xander Clark. But during that sort of pressure of play in the build-up, there was just no reaction for the Hearts players. Beningame, is it... Um, Neuvenhoff or something, the German boy in the middle. I, I mean, the two of them, I, I know he got a booting in the first half, which was a cheap booting, but they were just standing off and, and Clarkson was getting plenty of room and he was looking to move the ball out wide and quick and, and there were some good passages he play for Aberdeen. Um, but, you know, I, don't get me wrong, from a personal point of view, I'm, I'm delighted to see um, Stephen A. Smith not succeeding because I, I cannot stand the guy for obviously personal reasons. But um, if you're looking at that as a Hearts fan, you've got to be worried by that second half performance because there was just no response for the team at all and they never laid a glove on Aberdeen in the second half. I don't know if I've ever been in a position where I've got nothing against Hearts. Right? I don't support them. I, I don't dislike them. I don't like them. They're neutral to me, Hearts, right? Um, but I can't stand their manager. So when I was watching the highlights of the game, I didn't even know the score, by the way, when I was watching the highlights of the game. I think, I don't know who I want to lose here because I would love nothing more than to see we Stevie Naismith running off the, the pitch, greeting like a wee lassie. But then I would also love to see Aberdeen get beat as well. Um, it was a, that was a difficult one for me. But can I just say, is Shanklin carrying a bit of beef, by the way? That's just been said in the comments, isn't it? He used to lose a bit too stone. He's Maybe he had some under armour on. It was, a, it was a cold day up there. It was wet and windy. Um, oh, man, but you looked up. I mean, I mean I'm of the... I'm of the rotund variety myself. Um, but he, look, he, he looks a wee bit... I mean, he's a big boy, don't get me wrong, but he looked as if he was carrying a bit. Martin, just on, on Davy's point, he went on and delved into the second half and Majowski with his 12th goal of the season. Mm. He's got he's got years on Shankland. I know you've spoke about him um, in spades as well. 
is he the dark horse? Is he the one we should be going for? Because if you listen to the paper talk, Melsi's going to Celtic, Shankland's going to Rangers, and that'll be the end of that. And KVV will go to Aberdeen or Hearts. If you offered me the two of them for the exact same amount of money, I'm taking Mielski every time. Why? Every, Why are you every doing time. that? I just I think he's a better footballer, first and foremost. Um, and I and I just I prefer him. I, I, I just I like the look of him. It's it's a hard one to explain. You know, when you look at a footballer and you go, nah, that's a player I like. Um, listen, Shankland's a good goal scorer, um, but he's had his up and down seasons, and I don't know about Mielski's past, so it's not put me off him yet. Um, I just I would, I would just take him. I, I can't really explain why I think he's better than Shanklin, um, but I've just got a gut feeling. And just, just lastly on that, in terms of you say, if you got them offered for the both price, do you think Mayowski's going to cost you more money? Probably because he's at Aberdeen. And they only got for half a million. He's twenty-four year old. He's he's scoring goals in Europe as well. Is his stock up that wee bit higher? Aberdeen wanted nine million for Scott McKenna. Off yours, nine million. Look what they go for. Yeah, exactly. But that was what they wanted off us. Now I don't know if you remember all the way back, and you might have no, you might not remember this guy, but he played a, a superb pass at Ibrox, and it's the greatest pass that's ever been seen. Right, he used to play for a a, a club in Edinburgh called Hibernian, I think they're called. Um, Scott Allen. We wanted Scott Allen. Hibs wanted a ridiculous price, and lo and behold, he goes to he goes to Celtic for for buttons on the price that was asked of us. So yeah, when you're talking about getting Mayovsky, and I know I'm contradicting the main argument here, right, about the player that I would like, um, but I think Aberdeen would ask a fortune from us and sell to somebody else for cheaper. I just I think that's what they would do. What would Hearts do? I don't know. Um, but I've just, my gut feeling tells me it's a no on Shankland for me. I, I, listen, if Shankland comes to Rangers and Mayovsky goes to Celtic, I feel Celtic have got the advantage. Sorry, Kerr. Pardon me. Um, just getting on to the, the winner here, Duke um, get, gets in a good ball for Devlin, squares it across. I initially thought he'd had a shot and it'd gone skew with, but the replay shows it looks like it was a, an assist. And, and and Clarkson makes no mistake, 2-1. And Poy says he's managing his job. Listen, I think Aberdeen are a better side. They should be a better side than they are. I think they get better players and they're producing. I think the manager's not great. I think Robson's not a good manager at all. I think Hearts are a poor side, and I think even without Naismith, I still think they're a poor side. On uh, Aberdeen victory, I thought they'd be a draw because I thought they'd win their own confidence, and I think Hearts are poor. I thought Hearts are poor against us, and I thought they were poor yesterday. I agree with David. I thought even leading one now, they didn't like. They didn't, didn't look very comfortable in the game. They thought, "Why are we leading here? We only used to lead." And I just think they're a poor side, Hearts. And that's not the two strikers. The bonus with either Mielski's probably technically slightly better than Shanklin. Shankland to me, a Lawrence, I remember Lawrence at Queen's Park and he'd done okay up there. Then he gets moved to Aberdeen and that kind of faltered. He, he was at Morton, then he do well, he was at St. Martin, then he do well. He went to Dundee United, he was banging him in every week. He gets moved to Poland, which kind of faltered as well. He went back to Hearts, and he's putting a lot of goals in the net. Is he good enough for Rangers? Probably not. I know he's a good goal scorer, but is he good enough for us? Probably not. Is Miofsky? I don't see enough of him. I see him be back him, but I don't see enough of him. I wouldn't pay six million for him right enough. And that, that, that's if, you were offered the, if you were offered the two players care right now, who would you take? None of them. No, but if you... <laughs> <laughs> you asked for that. <laughs> oh, I would, I would t- if we could afford them and he wasn't too expensive, I would take Miofsky tomorrow. 
even though you can't because the transfer yeah. window. Probably me off due to two of them, yeah, because I've seen Lawrence over the piece since he's been a young lad, so I'll probably take me off, but I wouldn't probably take any two of them. I'd probably think the manager should be looking for somebody better than they two. Sebo! Scotty on the scene, I have seen your comment. We'll finish up the Aberdeen stuff and we'll come back to that. Cheers, mate. David, just to finish up then. So, uh, Barry Robson sort of saying the game was never in doubt. I, I, I didn't buy that at the end. I thought he set a paper over the cracks slightly. Second half, they certainly had enough chances and ball possession to win the game. But I think he's just sort of saying that to alleviate the pressure on himself. I'm more surprised that, that you know they reacted the way they did because I, I thought that they were just going to hang off and trying to win a game and then next week you see them come out. So I'm actually quite glad that they did win yesterday because that puts that to bed and then uh, you know we can hopefully respond and take care of them next Sunday. Uh, just on the point, see when you, you see them, you know the first half I didn't think they were great, the second half they were a lot better. If you've seen them in recent weeks, you know, they are a sort of huff and puff side. There is no real quality. I mean, Duke, for me, last year was the standout player for them. And then this year, he's not getting a game for them. He's you dropped know, half a cliff, hasn't he? Aye. So I, I, I can't work it out. I don't think they've got the balance right. I know sort of the fan base online for, for both Aberdeen and uh, Hearts seem to be shouting for Alex Neal for their, their dugout the night because he was sacked for Stoke. I hope that, that happens. Is that, Davey, all, all 14 supporters shouting for Alex Neal? <laughs> well, this is, a, this is a thing. And, and, and just on that point, I mean, what's Alex? Alex Neil done in football, you know. I, I know he got promoted with Norwich years and years ago, but they all seem to be saying Stoke were playing absolute rank rotten honk in football. So I don't know why we do this, you know. In terms, of, I, I'm going off on a tangent here, and I do apologise, but, no, but uh, um, I'm just trying to, you know, draw context because hopefully come next Sunday, Aberdeen will be looking for a new manager. Okay then, we'll, we'll leave that there. Actually, I didn't like to put in, it was the first time that Aberdeen had come from behind to win a game in 24 attempts to being a goal down, which I just found astounding. Anyway, Scotty on the scene, is this Canadian dollars, Martin? I, I'm yes. Canadian yeah. dollars, brilliant. We've gone international. Um, I want to hear some someone, I'm guessing it would be throw down a marker, coming to win the League Cup. Let's take control back in this league. No passive. We'll try our best and hopefully win. What, what do you make of that? Martin? He's right. Yeah. He's right. I mean, that, this is what we're talking about. It, it's not just the League Cup. It's it's not just the League. It's it's the Scottish Cup. It's Europa League. We go out and we try and win everything that we possibly can. Um, he's he's absolutely spot on. None of this. Um, like I don't care about that Europa League. Um, quote Scott Kerr. None of, none of that. Absolutely none of that. None of that. We'll, yeah, we'll just play that guy. And we'll just play that guy. And we'll no bother with that. And we'll we'll focus more on that. Comp- no, we focus on every competition. And most importantly. What he says is, no more excuses, none of this, or oh, we'll try our best and we'll hopefully win. No, no, no. We're going to go and we're going to win. Well, listen, right? yeah, I, don't I, I, don't, I don't think Kerr did say that. I'm going to stand up for the man. He can no, just... never. I'm just winding him up. He knows I love him. <laughs> Kerr, just, just on, on Scott and the scene's point, you know, it's it, it, it's been a long time coming, the League Cup, and, it can, and I just sort of, I got the feeling for the board last year, I know the board has changed, but I got the feeling like, it was just sort of get the league cup. We've completed the set and we're back kind of thing. I, I want it to be more than that. You and I have spoke about stop dining out in the past. Stop this fifty-five chat. Stop talking about Europa League runs. Let's focus on the future. Well, we ha- listen. That's not what I want to win. But over the last while, we've not won a lot. But we want to win everything. But I think you just have to 
progress is slow, I think, because until we get a decent enough side to push forward, progress is slow. And that's the issue we are at the time. The manager's going to have need a wee bit of time to bring in his own players because you know how many times these players they've got just now are not good enough because in a certain competition they think we're going to win, we don't. We get back in challenging for the league and then we, we kind of shut ourselves near the end and we've done it a few seasons. Thank you, we're going to Dubai this season, I've heard, so maybe that'll help it. But I think we just have to take it easy now. I mean, Bill came in last season and he done really well when he came in and we thought this season we're going to kick on. Don't get me wrong, his recruitment's probably set his back and actually moved us forward, just the players he's brought in, maybe apart from the, the goalkeeper and Campbell and Raskin to a point, but the rest of the players he's brought in, they've not pushed us forward, they've probably lost better players and he's, and he's brought in, but I'm not wanting the players back either, so I just think the manager's going to have to have his own time to take us forward, and I think he will, so there will, there will be ups and downs, we, we can't blame the manager, until he's got his own players in there, we can't blame him, so it'll be tough. But I'm just, I'm still with a big power, as I'll call him now. Uh, I'm just going to go game at a time. And somebody says to me there, Kerr was Lewis Ferguson good enough to drum again. Well, I recommend he drum again years ago to an English club. And our ex-director of football told me he couldn't run. And he wasn't good enough. So I think John again was good enough. But John again would never keep me Rangers. As for Lewis Ferguson, I think Lewis, when I, when I survived at Rangers, because... I think there's too much pressure on him when the surname he's got and who his uncle and who his dad are. So I think the right move for Lewis was going abroad. I was always on board the Lewis Ferguson train. I was the one on this podcast screaming for Rangers to sign Lewis Ferguson and they've agreed to me. Martin, see the thing is though, with players like Ferguson or Doig or whoever else, McGinn, I just feel if they go to a Rangers or Celtic, I don't think they'd have the same trajectory. I think they go away, the continent, it's a different style of living, it's a different training, it's a different mentality. Knowing that goldfish bowl, I think they grow better. Um, that's listen, just listen, it's proven. See if you if you're like me, you're a football manager player, right? See if you've got I, a I young... it took him an hour and six minutes. I did think he was gonna go down that road with David Watson, but I let him away with an hour and six minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I signed him, I signed David Watson, turns out he's a really good player. Um, see if you've got a young player, a young wonder kid, right? And you send him out on loan and he spends four or five years. And let's say the Scottish third league or the Scottish second league or the English League Two or League One, um, they, they progress, right? If you have a, a young player who breaks through into your first team kind of early and plays against better players, then he progresses quicker and he becomes a better player. It's simple facts. It's not it's not difficult. So John McGinn was would never have turned out the player that he was today if he hadn't have made the move to England when he did, because he's up against better players. Um, he's surrounded by better players, so he's learning more. Um, John McGinn would have came to Rangers, wouldn't have came to Rangers, but if he did, he would have came and been a very good player. Would he have been the player that he is today? No. Lewis Ferguson, I don't think at the time when Lewis Ferguson was at Aberdeen that he was good enough for Rangers, and I still hold that view. But he's went to Italy, and he's improved as a football player, and he's become a much better player. Would John McGinn and Lewis Ferguson have been the same two players if they came to a Rangers or a Celtic? Probably not. And I don't think I'm Guardiola, David. I know I'm Guardiola. Martin, just on the point that you're making there, I think it's a terrific point, but is it a worry for for a Rangers point of view that Alex Lowry's not setting the heather alight at Hearts? I mean, he should be their star player, really, for all the hype that was about this boy. And for me, he is just not performing. First season in the top league, though, David. 
Um, he needs to acclimatise, he needs to adapt. And uh, again, as the players that are surrounding him, are they good enough? Are, are they at the level? Because I've seen many a time a, a player who is technically a much better footballer, but he's surrounded by players that aren't as good as him, and it makes them look worse than what they actually are. So you've, that's what you've got to ask yourself. What, what is the level of the Scottish League? You know, and is Lowry good enough? Listen, we are here on this second half of this podcast to celebrate the Scottish League. So, care. we've got three games to rattle through. I know we're heading into a, a late one, but um, I, Dave, I've completely forgot the running order. So, do forgive me if this isn't the next match. But Livingston against Hearts now, uh, Hibs, sorry. Now, I, I kind of thought Hibs were going to get into this one and, and put throw down a marker, having beaten Aberdeen care. Um, you know, and all the praise was on Nick Montgomery. They've, they've gone there and they've sort of, I say, squeezed a 1 0 win, but it, it, was, it was a really ugly match. I didn't see the highlights. Matt, uh, Robert, sorry, we say Martin because he's on the board and he's usually losing. I didn't see the highlights, but I had Livingston. I had Livingston to get beat in the score prediction. I just think this is Livingston's season to end up in the championship, and it's not going to be great for David Martindale. But I just think he's done enough there. I don't think he can do any more for that club, and I think he's going to end up going down. Hibs, they did the result. They've been playing okay football, what I've seen highlights wise the last few weeks, but they've just only getting the results. But that's a good away victory for me because it's a clean sheet. I know they only won one now, but it's a good victory. And it gets some back and manage I can get more stuff. Listen, let me go and try to do something there, totally different to what a lot of players are used to. Some will eventually adapt it really well, but some you'll have to bring in probably different players to play the style he wants. Can I, can I, can I just, sorry. Respond to this point by Lyndon Bowes. Yeah, yeah. Ruby and Lazio want Ferguson, but not good enough. That's not actually what I said. Go back and listen to what I said. What I actually said was at the time when he was at Aberdeen, I didn't think Lewis Ferguson was good enough for Rangers. He is where he went to was it Bologna in Italy, whoever it was he went to, and he's became an even better player playing amongst different players. Um, so right now, would I take Lewis Ferguson at Rangers, a player that he is? You're 100% right. I would take that Lewis Ferguson at Rangers. But the Lewis Ferguson that was at Aberdeen, I still to this day would not have took him. That's what I said. Thank you. Listen, I love that the chat's got the, 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 the rumour mill going here. Phil Gage is getting that for uh, Shabby Babika for Aris or, or, or Mika Berith for Motherwell. I love that. I love when people just throw names in. There's, the there's also a really good young right winger at Dundee United, but we'll not talk about him now. <laughs> Davey, Davey, let's... Uh, Let's get back to this game because we're going to be here all night at this rate. I can just feel it coming. Um, I want to touch on David Martindale at the end because Ken makes a good point and I don't, I'm sure you did see his, his post match because you do your homework. Um, but the, from what we did, from what we did see on sports, scene, that camera was disgraceful, wasn't it? Somebody needed to get a wee wipe, didn't they? Absolutely. But on a, a much wider point about Scottish football, the coverage on our, our, our flagship uh, programme, Sports Scene, is horrendous. It's the same commentator commentating on three games in a trot uh, recorded in a studio. It's just piss poor coverage when you compare it with our English counterpart and match of the day. It should be much better if we want to hype up our own league. I mean, a much wider point is obviously Doncaster is on what, 450 grand a year for his position, yet he hired somebody at £250,000 to, to, you know, to go and find a sponsor for the league. Surely that should fall under his remit, but 
again, I'm digressing away from the game. The game itself, if I can touch on Robert, Tavares, again, absolutely sensational. He's runs for deep. Uh, I think I alluded to this last week on the pod. Livingston's problem is they play a back three and all their three centre-halves are square. There's no pace, there's no recovery pace uh, and getting at them direct and doing the sides is where you exploit them and Hibs certainly took them to task on that. The goal again came for that and, and it, it was kind of uh, come off the Obelai and then it fell to Boyle, but you have to say it's a terrific finish from Boyle. This game, I think, has had one of the worst VAR uh, calls I have ever seen in terms of asking a referee to go a screen. It's absolutely shambolic. So there was an incident you're where... About, you're about, you're about the, the, the penalty one at the end. No, the off, the off, I, but it was offside. So why, why does it even go to make the referee go and watch that to see if it's a penalty when it's offside? What is that all about? That is the most bizarre, the most bizarre VAR call. Like, why are you sending the referee at the screen? Oh, here, can you come and tell me if you think this is a penalty? Right, the penalties are relevant if the call is offside, and it was offside. So what's he doing? And again, if you look at the linesman in this game, uh, Hibbs had actually scored a second through Venti, but the, the, he's about two yards offside. The linesman's looking straight across the line. There's, you know, there's no even a levy player in sight. Yet he runs to the halfway line to give the goal. We have just got piss poor officials at every level in Scotland. I don't know whether making it professional is going to improve it or whether we need to get a, a, a sort of foreign body in, you know, a, a top referee for yesteryear, like an Anders Frisk or somebody like that coming, um, you know, to to reinvigorate our game. Because see Crawford Allen, he's head of the referees and he's only there because Hugh Dallas gets sacked. Crawford Allen was a piss poor ref in his day. Piss poor ref. How many Champions League games did he get? If that's the guy that's running the show, then the rest will follow. And I just think we've got really poor officials. Can I just apologise? Is that all right? It's a recorded show, so I on you go. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to apologise to London. He wasn't talking to me. My apologies, London. My apologies. <laughs> that's not like you, Martin, is it? To dive in two footed. No, well, it's live. We're live, so I have to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say to Linda, sorry, Linda, it's usual meat gets at me. <laughs> I've lost my tool. I thought, Kerr, Livy last scored a goal in open play in October. Um, they're just, they're, as Davy said there, poor at the back uh, and nothing up top. They're doomed, no. aren't they? They're actually doomed. Can I just say something here? Kerr's already answered that question and he's already spoke about how he thinks that it's living since time up. And then you went to Davy and now you've went straight back to Kerr. <laughs> you feel it left out him? I'm just, I'm just sitting here twiddling my uh, thumbs. You just died in there. You should have been in Come on. Uh, what, what, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> Uh, he's sabotaging the Scottish football show. Um, I've just said Livy's last uh, last scored an open goal in October. I don't know if you saw Davy Martindale post match, but he was uh, said, um, you know, we've got enough in the changing room. And the the, the, the reporter sort of said, well, is it you that needs to go? And he was like, what? 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 You to go? And he's like, well, no, no. What, what change needs to be made? It was kind of Davy Martindale knows he's in a scrap for sure, but how does he change it? He's not got the money. He's not going to be able to bring a, 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 a you know a load of talent in in, in January. Um, what do what do Livingston do? Or do they just suck it up and, and start planning for next year? 
probably could have went to care about that question. He'd probably be able to answer it a bit better than me. But but listen, David Martindale has been fighting fires at Livingston since the minute he walked in the door, and he's done absolutely fantastic up to this point with what he's done with Livingston. He's been his his name's been chucked about for quite a few different jobs, and I don't think he's ever been interested in taking that. I think he does just about everything at that football club. He's not just a manager. I think he does everything in, in and around the the stadium. Um, a lot he's got a lot to do with the advertising. He's basically the heart and soul of that football club. So David Martindale can only do the best that he can absolutely do. And I think we we all agreed that you know we all quite like we Martindale. Um, but I, I would I'd be lying um, if I was sitting here saying that I wanted Livingston to stay up because I don't because I absolutely detest the pitch, even though. They're one of the few clubs that gears pretty much their whole stadium, <laughs> which is quite good. Their pitch is awful, and I, I despise it. And if they went down, I'd probably be more happy than sad. Um, but if they went down, I still think Martin Day would be there. I don't think the, the, I don't think he's anywhere near close um, to getting the sack. I think Martin Day probably leaves Livingston on his terms. Um, but I get, and I'll, and I'll sit here again and say it: I wouldn't write the wee man off. Point well made. Watch this space just on the pitches. I think Neil Doncaster's had a, a meeting with the clubs about banning artificial official surfaces from as early as next year. Um, but they'll have a remit again in, in January to discuss. Yeah, don't, don't, don't put too much stock in anything that Neil Doncaster says because, and I'll, and I'll say this as politely as I can, the guy's a dick. That was really polite, really polite. Uh, Des will be proud of you. Um, okay, okay, Davey, we're gonna we're gonna move this train he's, on. He's never, he's never told me that before, but maybe. We'll go to we'll go to Fur Park because um, this was an app. Well, quicker we get this one out of the way, the better. Um, Craig Levine said afterwards that it was clean, it was keenly contested, and at times they both nullified each other. I thought it was a a, a real turgid watch, to be honest. Um, the only bright spark I, I could find was um, the the boy Jayasemi for 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 St Johnston. He looks to be a, a player of intent, of someone to make something happen. But that aside, Mother will look in trouble. Uh, goalkeeper all over the place. Um, and, and whether or not Stuart Kettlewell is going to be in charge uh, after Christmas remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, on the point with St Johnston, I do think they've had an upturn in form since Craig Levine came in. And I think one of the the problems that they had in terms of continuity within their play in this game was the fact that Kucharavi was missing with concussion. Now, when they've got Jaisimi and Kucharavi, then they both sort of play in the sort of you know, false 10 wide positions and, and they stretched the game for St. Johnson, but they didn't have that luxury. They, they kind of had Chris Kane back in and the balance just wasn't quite right for them in terms of what they've been doing in recent weeks. Uh, but you have to say, Robert, you hit the nail on the head. What is Liam Kelly doing with the goal? If you're a goalkeeper and you're coming for that, you don't dive with a flailing arm. You come and collect it with both hands strong. And he, the way he dives for it, he's diving side on. When it's a cross ball, you come out and collect. So I just, I don't understand what he's doing. And obviously, the the, the it goes in off of Mugabe, I think. Uh, but it's a, it's a really poor goal that, that Mother will lose. But... And saying that, the goal that they score, you, you have to say it's a great bit of play um, from Bear out wide, who fires the ball back in. And it's a Haitley-esque header for Bereth, you have to say, reminiscent of Mark Haitley, his very best. It's a terrific goal. Is Kettlewell under pressure? Yes, he is. But I think Livingston are that far adrift that he's still got breathing space at the moment. I think we, Liam Kelly, just needs a wee training session with 
with Joe Hart just to learn the starfish, you know, be all right, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Listen, the, the goalkeeper at the other end, we spoke about him week on week, uh, Martin, uh, Dimitar Mitov, he seems to be a, a really good addition to, to St. Johnson, having lost Xander Clark, they, they never really sort of um, replaced him, and, and he seems to be the, the, the man that's come in and, and took his chance. So, um, just on quickly, um, Stuart Kettlewell, he said after the game that you know anyone anyone that doubts us that's 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 them being proven wrong. But at full time, there was still booze ringing round for Park. You know the, the, the supporters haven't really bought into it. We know all about fans booing, don't we? Um, it's been a main staple at Ibrooks for a while. I don't know. I like Kettlewell in terms of I'm a manager. I think he is actually quite a good manager, and I think. Football nowadays, and I'm like obviously I'm not comparing the two clubs, but you look at what Arsenal done with Arteta. You know, if you give a decent manager, albeit they didn't know Arteta was a decent manager at the time, if you give a decent manager time to build something, um, then you can reap the rewards of that. And and again, it's just a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling. I think if Muller will give Kettle well time, um, he will do a good job there. But unfortunately, um, if there's any sniff. If there's any chance that Mother will, will be drawn into um, a relegation battle, if it gets to the point where it looks like they're going to be definitely in 11th, I think Kettlewell will be gone. Um, I mean, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with Buffalo Alberts, but I absolutely love the catch line. That's fucking brilliant. Um, but I, I just think, I think if you give Kettlewell time, I think he'll do a good job. But at the same time, um, you know, teams in England are terrified to get relegated and they get a massive parachute payment. You can only imagine what teams in Scotland are like. Yeah, absolutely. Kate, we'll finish up in your hometown, Paisley, and of managers doing really well. Stevie Robinson, he gets them back on track, Kevin, you know, Derek Adams hadn't lost a game until he'd gone there. He'd actually beaten St. Mirren uh, up in Dingwall, you know, seven days, ten days ago. Um, what did you make of, of Ayunga's performance? I thought he was really, really impressive and, and really sort of drove the standards from start to finish. He did, and someone been off the boil recently. Uh, he's been playing well, but to get back on it against Ross County. Listen, County played well, had a couple of chances himself. He's unlucky not to score him. I know the first goal Spurn got was through a VAR decision, which it was over the line, wasn't it? And then the younger scored the second one. I thought they deserved the win, and it's good to see them getting back on to one of because my dad was quite happy at the weekend. He can't go anymore, obviously, but he still watched them and he can through different. Play to go to maybe travel abroad to watch it the weekends. <laughs> he always gets a good stream right enough. I don't know why. <laughs> but no, it's good. It makes him it makes him happy. So it's good to see that. But no, I think they've overachieved it, man. At the start of the season, I think they were all their fans were thinking this is going this is great, we're going to keep this up. And they were never going to keep it up because it's just the way the squad size they've got and the players they've got. But it's good to see them back on money made. Ross County actually good okay, we're unlucky. Just we're talking about Mario earlier. I thought Mario were actually done okay. I thought you seen. I thought what Kettle Mill was probably meaning Robert was one 0 down. We scored the granny and it's added on, but the players never chucked it. They, they were going to the end, and they scored a great goal. And they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have let a goal on like Davy says. And they probably won that game in another day. So I think the players are still behind the manager. I think that's important. You see some players chucking it, but I don't think Marvel did that. And that's no Marvel's no Martin's favourite place or Martin's favourite team either. But. I like Kettlewell. I do think Don't you put that. words in my mouth, Kerr. I've never said anything bad about Motherwell. <laughs> I'll go and take Martin, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you were going to come in and say something about St Myrna, I felt, though. What are you, Who? some kind of right guys? 
Well, you, 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 you took your you took your you took your thing half mute. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna have some positive input, or I was gonna go to Davy. Oh, you're just gonna miss me out again. Is that what it was? I mean, look, St. Mirren had a kind of comparable start to Tottenham. I suppose, didn't they? They were doing much better than what everybody expected. And then, of course, there was always going to be a drop-off. Um, but I think Stevie Roberts has done a great job with St. With St. Mirren. Um, I think, he's a, again, he's a really, really good manager. Um, probably overlooked for a few other jobs that he maybe could have got and should have got. Um, but I, and there's people in the comments saying that, you know, the, the, the knives were out for, for Stevie Robertson, which absolutely bamboozles me. Um, he's If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's probably... And we're very early into the season, but if he keeps us up, he'll be on course for nominated for manager of the year. Um, St. Mirren are an extremely, extremely um, decent side. Sorry, Robert, you look like you wanted to come back in there. I do, because I just think everyone's really positive about St. Mirren, which is great. And we've not been so kind to, to the third force in, in Scotland, where they believe that's Hearts or Aberdeen. We've got Hibs maybe umming and on. Is Stevie Robbins got a right good shot at third place, Martin? Absolutely. If you keep, I mean, I don't know, right? Is the is the answer? I don't know. Absolutely, I don't know. What I'll do is I'll go into football manager and I'll just simulate a year and see where they finish. But no, it all comes down to the squad. Then it can can the squad keep going with a budget that that Stevie's got at St Mirren? Can they keep it up for an entire season? That would be my only worry for St Mirren for St Mirren being able to finish third because Aberdeen, Hibernian, Hearts. They've all got massive budgets compared to St. Mum. Um, so they can go out and maybe strengthen in January or whatever. Um, can St. Mirren do that? I don't know. I, I, part of me says I hope so. At the same time, no, I'm not a massive fan of a, a club that had a Celtic shop inside their stadium. Um, so in second thoughts, no, no, they don't, and I hope they don't. See how quickly I changed my mind. Davey, final, final words to you on this one, because I am very conscious of time, an hour and a half. Um, is, is approaching. Just it's two the, shows in one, Robert, so it's two hours. It's an I My wife will love that. It's two hours. I, um, just on Aunga, he gets his first goal, and as I touched on the early, early doors, that he, he, he was very impressive in this one. Um, seemed to take the, the mantle on really well, leading that line. Um, I thought the, the, the is it in Nick Manny um, on the left hand side? I thought he played well as well. I thought the problem with Ross County is they couldn't handle his physicality. He absolutely bullied them. It was a traditional old-fashioned centre-half performance. When he was running at them, when he was running off them, when the ball was knocked up to him, he held up play. His all-round play was terrific, and he certainly impressed me. I mean, he's only really been back in the team last three weeks or so. But, I mean, if he plays like that um, going forward, then St Mirren will be as high up the table as they like to finish. Uh, on Stephen Robinson himself, I certainly would have him as a candidate for the, the Hearts job if it became vacant. I, I certainly think that's the type of club that he could galvanise and succeed. So, in terms of... Oh, he's, he's got it. There. He's got Oh, so well. You know what? Just on just on Davy's point there, he does a great impression of a statue, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> just on on Davy's. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. Just just oh, quickly, on, just, just quickly on Davy's point there, Davy, and I'll let you come straight back in and finish. Isn't it laughable that St. Mirren have got a manager like Stevie Robertson, and Hearts have got Stephen Naismith? Isn't that just laughable? I, I, th I think Hearts cut their nose off despite the face with Robbie Nielsen. I mean, at the end of the day, he was still in fourth position at the time with a chance of getting third. And Robbie Nielsen had never let Hearts down 
in the big domestic games in the league. Certainly uh, it, when it came to um, cup finals and cup semi-finals, Hearts fans were raging about that. But for me, you know, Robbie Nielsen... It's, had just, the, it's just the fact they've got a wee gimp like that as their manager. I, I, I can't understand that. Can't, the, the whole farce as well, where I'm not having the coaching badges and they had Frankie McAvoy as head coach and then swapped it back out after they get put out of Europe. Uh, big clubs don't act like that. And for me, it was amateur hour at heart. So maybe they're not deserving of Stevie Robinson, but certainly I think he would be the type of manager that could galvanise that club. On the game itself as well, I know Kerr alluded to it, but what was that VAR decision all about? Like how I thought goal line technology was supposed to be an automatic thing mm-hmm. when a goal was scored. That's absolutely farcical. That's happening in the. We don't have goal line technology in Scotland. We don't have Hawkeye, do we? We don't have Hawkeye. We don't have goal line technology. That's how. Hey, and by the point. way, and by the way, I don't know if this is true, but I did hear that Stephen Naismith still uses a dummy. I don't know if that's true. But I heard that yeah, he's never... There's been talk of dummies and gimps, but it's approaching another... Okay, so I'm going to, get to call it a night there, gentlemen. A brilliant shift for everyone, even in the comments as well. Those who've stuck with us right through the 90 minutes, it's been an absolute delight. All the talk about um, T-gel, shiver gel, um, <laughs> and with the shows just went a wee bit wacky for me. But listen, I'm delighted to Point see... his pram just pops a dummy straight in his mouth. That's what I heard. Can we mute him? Um, there we go. Um, we are back tomorrow night with the phone in as always Monday night Martin will be back at the top of your screen and I'll be in the background somewhere drinking oh. a cup of tea you you're hosting you're hosting tomorrow <laughs> they don't want to see me again so you're hosting um, tomorrow we'll flip a coin for it troops um, okay don't forget like and subscribe all that nonsense it does help the podcast grow uh, and we'll see you um, tomorrow night 7.30 um, look forward to it Podcast Network.